to look. Well, models aren't used to being interviewed. I mean, often, unless they're doing commercial, and even in commercial, we rarely have lines or anything to say. Right. It's just, and you don't have a microwave stuck in your face. A microwave? Yeah. I mean, a, <laughs> a, <laughs> a microphone. microphone. Yeah. I mean, the only times I've ever done stuff like that is like ADR when they're trying to, you know, capture lines again for a commercial. But we'll get into all that. Okay. Um, I want to start this off properly. And there's, as you were asking, there's only one question I ask on this podcast, and then we'll see where it goes. But the first question, the official question that starts off model behavior is, what were you up to when you were seven years old? When I was seven years old, I wanted to be a Los Angeles Dodger. So I was a huge baseball player, Dodger lover. Really? Yes. I wanted to play first base for the Dodgers. I remember drawing a picture of that dream, but I was in St. Louis. Where were you? Here. I grew up in Long Beach. Okay. And you were a baseball player. I loved baseball. I loved the Dodgers. Yeah. I played softball last night and I hit a home run over the fence. Wow. Yeah. Three run not shot. Too shabby. It felt really good. <laughs> But so you went, you were sporty. I was very sporty. That's so that's I've interviewed three female models and actors the last three episodes. And it's this recurring theme of like sporty, tomboyish girls. What do you think that is attributed to? I don't know. Depending on where they grew up, I think growing up out here, we're always outdoors. Yeah. And so just growing up in California, we have good weather all year round, so you're yeah. constantly outside playing. Were you a surfer, a skateboarder, all that good stuff? I was a surfer. Oh. Surf. I grew up in Long Beach and went surfing. I would take when I was 13 years old. I'd take the bus down to the beach mm -hmm. every summer day. Yeah, I don't think California kids know how good they have it. It's because I moved out here when I was 24, and I was like, oh. I get it. Like I remember I took I took my bike. I was living in Venice. I took my bike down to the boardwalk in my board shorts and I was just laying in the grass watching the people go by and I overheard these girls talking and they said, "You know, there's something to be said for the four seasons, but also no." And I was just <laughs> like, "That's it. Like I can visit Big Bear. I can go to the snow. I can go back to New Hampshire with my buddies and get a cabin in negative 40 degree weather, but 70 degrees and sunny most of the year and beaches with mountains in the background it's it's an embarrassment of riches it's perfect yeah because like when we were in school and on uh, christmas break it was at the beach yeah that's where we spent all of our time yeah and uh did you miss the kind of like markers of the seasons like you know snow means christmas is coming and because in la you have this time warp of like I walk into CVS and they're selling Halloween candy. And I'm like, wait, it's summer. But then you realize it's October. It just feels like summer outside. No, I. Uh, it was only when it would get dark early. That's yeah. how, that was our season. Yeah. When it started to get dark, then you knew it was you know, it's time winter. To, time to put on the, the light the jacket. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, my winter, I went to Colorado this past weekend and I just don't have warm jackets anymore. Um, but it's a good problem to have. Yes. Um, so your sportiness, did that carry through your like teen, late teenage years, through college, anything like that? It did. In fact, I wanted to be a sports agent. Really? That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But you do a lot of fitness stuff. I mean, the main photo for IT Model Management, your agency, is Lauren Collins with the medicine ball looking amazing, as she always does. Yes. I got to get her on the podcast as well. But I mean, what was it about being an agent that attracted you? 
I think I just wanted to be involved in sports. So I thought that would be the best way. Yeah. To be to be involved in in some kind of sports industry in lieu of being a professional exactly baseball player on the as LA a woman. yeah yeah <laughs> that might have been a little tough yeah I mean WNBA you're pretty someday tall. someday maybe it'll happen Who you'll knows? see a pro girl baseball player I wouldn't put it past kind of surprised it hasn't already I know do you think that the managerial side the agent side is more in touch with your strong suits than maybe being a performer do you get jealous of your talent when they're out shooting in these crazy locations or like out doing these physical jobs that are can be very sporty, do you ever get a little green with envy? Never. Never? Never. Never had a desire to be that side of anything. Really? Never wanted to be an actor, model, none of that stuff. You wanted to be anonymous behind the scenes. Always. Yeah. And I mean... The boss. The boss. <laughs> you are the boss. That's what I think I liked. And uh, I mean, you have this quality about you that's so... You're such a caretaker. I mean, I signed with you several years ago and you know, I booked some Levi's stuff really quickly. I did a Levi's lifestyle shoot and then that led to a job in Minnesota and I flew out there and I wasn't sure what I was getting into and it ended up being an e-com job, um, which became a recurring job, which was wonderful. But like that was my first e-com job and I get to set and I was like, oh, this is what we're doing. And I quickly Google the Levi's page and figure out what the poses are and had a great rapport with the photographer and it went really well. But the whole time, you know, going to the airport, landing, checking in my hotel, you were checking on me in a way that wasn't like helicoptery. It was just like seemed like you genuinely cared about me in in a manner that I almost couldn't believe you you can share that with all your talent because I know you have a big roster. How do you balance this like being the boss but then also caring about your talent because it makes it makes us feel special. Oh. Well, I I think that cuz I do. If that makes any sense, I really do care about the people I represent. Yeah. And I don't look at you guys as someone who works for me. I look at it as this kind of a family and we're all into this together. Mm -hmm. And I do worry. I'm a worry ward. I'll even say that to you before I'll say, yeah. hey, I'm just double checking that you're okay. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just part of my personality. Mm -hmm. I'm a caretaker yeah. type. Do you have kids so of your own? I have one son. One son. Do you hover around him and make sure he's okay and worry about him? No, he's married now, so yeah. he has a wife to do that. Okay. So you've you've passed it on to us. Yes. We're your kids now. <laughs> exactly. But it does feel like a family. And there is this this thing that happens when you're in an audition room or on set and you realize, oh, someone's with it model management. It's like this instant bond. It's like you're one of one of my people. Like we can we can be friends. We don't have to go through the the dance of like, do I like you, do I not like you? It's just it's an instant connection. And I think a lot of that might come down to how you've curated your talent pool. Are there qualities you look for beyond a pretty face and measurements, you know? Um, I would say yes. I think because Marlene and I, you know, Marlene, mm -hmm. my business partner, yeah. um, we both wanted this to be fun. And so it's like, if this wasn't fun and working with people that we love to work with, yeah. then we don't need to do this. And I don't want to do this if it's not fun. So... If we like who we work with, then we'll take somebody. There's a lot of people that we've said no to, yeah. and no matter how wonderful they were, it's just it was just too difficult to work with. So yeah. I don't want to pr present that to my clients either. I, I really want clients to always want to work with us. Mm -hmm. So I think the quality of 
being easy to work with and kind yeah. goes a lot farther for us. And that's one of the biggest misconceptions about models in general. Because, you know, when I was a kid in St. Louis, like models to me were Sports Illustrated swimsuit models or who was it that was like, I don't get out of bed for $10,000 of anything less than $10,000. It just has this very like difficult, as you said, reputation and pretentious and superficial and vapid, which I have found through all the jobs I've done and all the conversations I've had on this podcast that the most successful models are pretty much the antithesis of that. They're the most easy to get along with. You know, they, a lot of times we have partners on set, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, and you have to have an instant chemistry, which if you're a difficult, cold person, that's just not going to happen. And then again, you have to be someone that the client and the photographer, the director want to spend 10 hours getting whatever they need out of. And I think very quickly people realize that unless they're just stupid, beautiful, they can't, (laughs) they can't rest on the laurels of their it's the symmetry of their face, you know, especially in a place like LA, like being beautiful is not special. <laughs> and it's, and even in the lifestyle world, it doesn't even matter. It could hurt you in some ways. I mean, how do you sift through all this? Cause I submitted online to you guys and send in some photos. How do you sift through and what do you look for that lets you know that this person might be worth talking to or bringing in? I think initially it has to be a look that we might be needing, right? Right. So we'll bring someone in based off of that. But we've been doing this, you know, I've been doing this business almost 29 years. So thank you. And so, and I still love it. Isn't that amazing? That's good though. You should love it. I do love it. I do love it. I think we have the best job ever. But um, I think once we bring somebody in, we can kind of tell. Like if someone isn't kind to the people up front when they first come in. Like I started out working for an advertising company and I was the receptionist and they hired models. Mm -hmm. And I remember who was really mean to me coming in and who wasn't. And then when I got into this position, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to base a lot of that on that. I don't want someone just to be nice to my face because they can or they should, or they think they should to get something. So we, once we meet people, then we kind of feel like, I like this person. Mm-hmm. So that's basically why. Yeah, it's just a... Because you're right. Every A lot of great looking people, right? Especially yeah. Southern California, Orange County. I mean, LA, they're all mm-hmm. beautiful people. I mean, majority. And so it's like, can I work with this person? Are they going to be nice to my assistant? Are they going to be kind to the receptionist? Are they going to be kind to the people that they work on set with? Yeah. And then... You know, it's, it seems like becoming a model is in the age of social media, like it's this very popular goal. Everyone, the market seems more saturated than ever maybe with, I don't want to call them wannabe models, but like everyone's a model, quote unquote. But to be a full-time working model is not a super easily attainable achievement. I guess the question I'm trying to ask is like, what sort of expectation do you have for someone when they come in in terms of how much work they've done or if they're completely green? You know, will you take a shot on someone who has the right look or are you looking for someone with a portfolio that's already developed? I like someone who is totally green. Really? But that's because I have that mother hen in me, right? Yeah. So, um, So it's easier for me if they have the right look to be able to groom them. Mm -hmm. I I hate that word so much, but kind of help build their career. Yeah. 
Um, I've had people that I have represented for 28 years that are still with me today. So I like that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I don't take on people that obviously have careers already, but I find that sometimes they have different attitudes. And a lot of times, unfortunately, this business, as wonderful as it is, has hurt a lot of people too. And so I find that they have a little bit more baggage because of that and Mm -hmm. expect that everybody is like that. Yeah. And so it's like having to retrain. We're not trying to cheat anybody or we're not trying to rip somebody off or so it's kind of having to, to get through them on that. Yeah. It's interesting that you like models who come in very green so you can develop them because that tends in, like I was talking about the market so saturated. It's like, well, why should I? take a chance on you and I can go with someone who's been around the block and knows what they're doing and knows how to, you know, deal with clients and build their portfolio and whatnot. But what's sort of like the first, I guess, like thing you want to break down about what a new person who's new to the industry, what their misconceptions may be about what they're getting into? Like, is there, do you find um, some common uh, myths that people embrace about what they're getting into that you have to be like, no, this is how it actually is? Yeah, I think they think it's very glamorous. It's not. (laughs) I don't think they realize how much work it is. Right. And you know, it's a lot of work. It's, and it's a lot of no. Yeah. There's far more no's than there are yes. Mm -hmm. And um, you have to have a very good self-esteem. Yeah. Um, not just because of what you look like, but just believe in what you're doing and yourself because you get knocked down in this business mm-hmm. because basically you go to a casting and they don't like the way you look. Yeah. You don't get the job. Yeah. And, they- and it really has nothing to do with people. So that's what I always try to tell them. You're going to have 10 no's to every yes. Yeah. And that's yes. a good ratio. And I think if you're coming into this looking for this validation of your external features, yeah, it's not going to be worth it because you're going to get so many no's. So 90% of the time, they're going to be telling you, you're not the person we want. You, we don't, you're not beautiful. And you're going to take it as you're not beautiful enough when really it could be you're too tall, you're too tan, you're too white. It's, there's a million reasons and you'll never hear that answer, which is something we go back to time and time again on this podcast is you'll never know why you didn't book the job. The right. director could have thought you had the best performance, but you're just too tall. Right. And they won't tell you that. Right. But you're so you're going to assume that I suck at this. I'm not pretty enough. I'm a failure. And you have to your self-worth has to come from someplace other than this industry because it will crush you. hundred percent. Yeah. And that is the one thing that I always try to explain to people. It has nothing personally to do. This is truly a business. Yeah. Because looks are so personal, right? It's the most personal thing that we have. Mm -hmm. So looks are so personal. But this business is strictly business. And you're right. It could be something as silly as the color of your eyes. Mm -hmm. that, Or they have, the art director might have something specific in mind that they want. And until that person walks in the door, everybody's a no until then. Nothing's going to change their mind. Nothing's going to change their mind. Yeah. And I've had people not get jobs because they didn't like the way their hands looked. I mean, it's like simple, silly things. Yeah. You're kind of like the man behind the curtain, the woman behind the curtain. Um, you see the industry from a, like a wider perspective than I do because I'm in certain categories. Do you do you kind of like watch the trends as they shift? You know, you've been at this for 29 years. Obviously, 
things as particular as like hair length and eye color and skin tone and freckles or not freckles or chipped teeth or crooked teeth. Like it all kind of comes into fashion and out of fashion. How do you track that? And like, how does, how frequently does that cycle? You know, is it yearly? Is it weekly? I, I think this has been the biggest switch probably within the last five years Yeah, is when I first got into this business, if you were not, uh, for a woman, if you were not blonde, mm-hmm. tall, and beautiful, you would never work. And nobody else will work. I mean, that really? was the criteria of what a woman working would look like. They wanted Kate Moss and Elle McPherson. And, yeah, they. Yeah. I mean, it, you just had to be that kind of a look. Today, I tell people, this is one of the best times ever to get into this business because it's so across the board. Yeah from quirky to maybe not so attractive, yeah. conventionally attractive. And um, all skin tones, all all walks of life. Um, body sizes. Body every, sizes, yeah. I, I mean, tall, short. I mean, everything can work now. And so this is the best time. Yeah. And I guess trend-wise, it's kind of hard to, I let my clients dictate to us what they're asking for Mm -hmm. and then if i'm in need of that then we go out and search (laughs) and try to find that role for them yeah and i mean when i talk about lifestyle modeling people like people hear the word model and they think oh you're a nine out of ten you're a ten out of ten you're tall you're blonde you're blue-eyed you're or you're cindy crawford or whatever but lifestyle models are literally anyone from a grandma to a baby and everything in between and people I think have a really tough time separating what they think a model is like the, you know, the Victoria's secret angels and the, the runway models from New York of the past from what the working models of, you know, orange County and LA do. It's like anytime you see a photo in a print ad or anything, that's a model. It doesn't matter who it is, what they look like. That's a model. That's right. a paid model. Like look at the pharmaceutical ads. Yeah. I mean, people think that those, I mean, those are paid models that are working. Yeah. And so it's like it doesn't matter what they look like anymore. Yeah. It's just filling a role. So do you think that actually kind of puts the the conventionally beautiful people at sort of a like a deficit? Like are they are they not as bookable as they used to be? You know, it's funny that you say that because I I do think that. Yeah. I do think that the very conventionally beautiful do not work as well as a little more quirky. Because it's not as relatable. It's It's it's, not relatable. And I think, you know, the word attractive, there's so much more to it than your facial symmetry. You know, are do you have like that light behind your eyes? Are you someone that you want to get a beer with or like, you know, just want to hear their story? Because that's I think that's the trend that's evolving more and more in the landscape that I've seen is this idea of just like real people who are attractive but not conventionally right like relatable yeah relatable. can i relate to this person yeah. would they be my friend mm-hmm. you know when you see the beer ads would i go hang out with those guys yeah so that is and that goes back to what we decided when we bring people in are they someone that i would want to be around yeah could i like this person because i'm yeah. in charge of them now they're and they are the ones who are representing my company yeah so it's like do i want this person representing me right and I mean, I'm in a lucky position where I can do fitness stuff. You know, I'm in pretty good shape. But if I put on the right clothes, I look like an average guy. You know, I can be the the guy holding the door for his girlfriend. Um, do you think it's better for a model to sort of focus on one specific category or to be more of a like a ninja when it comes to different 
different types of like e-com versus lifestyle versus fashion like how do you help people narrow their focus or broaden their focus i always tell people to do to be to expand yourself yeah to do everything that you can especially in this business right i mean it doesn't take a genius to do this business in all honesty like but i tell people continue you know take commercial classes mm-hmm. but and i'll hear people say well i don't want to do commercials it's like i know but that helps you to relate to other you're people you're not only going to do commercials you're not only going to do yeah. commercials it yeah. still helps you in the modeling world you still need to interview with clients you still need to talk to people so i i believe that you should do everything that you possibly can yeah and i think that's the only way unless you have this like you know this stratospheric victoria's secret angel career you know, you have to be a jack of all trades because you're going to book an e-com job here, then you're going to do a lifestyle job, then you're going to do a commercial job, and that's the way you're going to avoid that that Plan B job, the like the waitressing job or the bartending job, because you got to spread yourself out. And having too specific of a focus, just runway or just beauty campaigns, there's not there's too many people competing for those jobs right and i have i do have especially the girls right girls are a little different in this industry than guys are right and so i do have girls who have said to me i don't want to do Mm e-com so i'm like okay then we won't submit you on any e-com stuff which again today's world print does not really exist right you're not getting catalogs in the mail anymore you're not Everything is e-com. So that limits them now to what they're doing. And then I have one e-com girl. That's all she does. And she works three to four days a week. And she probably makes upwards of $200,000 a year. Yeah. And I mean, those are the And that's all she does, e-com. Yeah. And it's four hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that's what she does. And it's like, it might not be glamorous and it might not be wonderful, but you probably have seen her in every e-com thing you can imagine. And she makes a wonderful living working four hours a day. Half days are great. I think <laughs> you gotta love half the half day. days. Half days are great. And, and usages. E- and e-coms, <laughs> you know, you're not on the beach in Malibu. You're not no. driving up in the hills in a car. Um, but you get to know your photographer. You get to know your stylist. You know your makeup artist. You get to build this little community, which is kind of rare in the run-and-gun mercenary world of what we do where – you have these single serving friends that you follow on Instagram yeah. and then you, you know you might interact another time, but sometimes you feel like this island of like, you know, it's just me and then I'll, where do I drop in today? Um, so I, I like e-com jobs seem like some of the hardest to get because, you know, they have their one person they use for a few years and then you, that job's taken. So, yes, there is a loyalty to e-com. Yeah. And it is a skill. I know that sounds so crazy, but you know, when you did that, yep. you it's hard and you're changing and you've got to be quit pretty quick and yeah. get out of that one pair of pants and into the next. Oh, yeah. And remember to zipper, you know. Oh, they <laughs> like sew you into your buttons and then yes. they, you know, it's, it's wild how specific they are about like the way your shirt is wrinkled, how much it's tucked in, the styling, the zhuzhing as they call it. it it's, it's crazy. And that's what I don't think people understand about how difficult the model world truly is yeah yeah i mean but it is fun if you can wonderful if you can get over the nose and the grinding and the traffic which now with self-tapes it's not as you know it's not quite as bad as it used to be but i don't even like to think about when i add in like you know me going to the gym is part of my job me driving to an audition is part of my job the audition that i'm not going to book when i divide 
the the jobs I do book, but for all, <laughs> with all the hours I've put in to get that job, it's not a great hourly rate. No, <laughs> but that when I get to set and it's in Malibu or I'm in you know or I'm rock climbing or doing something I love and getting paid for it, it makes it all worth it because I'm right. not at an off in you know in front of an Excel spreadsheet, just like doing mind numbing work. And you know you talked about how it's it's been fun for you for this whole time for 29 years. And I was talking with Nicole Lemoyne about kids in modeling and how if it stops being fun for them, stop doing it because right. they're kids and they should enjoy their life. I think the same holds true for adults. Like you don't have to have a job that you hate. You can if it stops being fun, maybe pivot, maybe try something else. I totally agree with that too because I know that there are people on my side of the business who I wonder why they still do it. Yeah. It's like if if you have to be grouchy or or not enjoying this or don't like people or don't want to deal with them. I mean, if you can't deal with such a wide range of personalities, I mean, this is the one business where you have a massive range of personalities. Yeah. And if you have a hard time dealing with that, then this probably isn't going to be the job for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes down to... I'll have an idea of what a shoot's going to be like. And we don't know what's going on half the time. Like I said, I went on that Levi's shoot in Minnesota, flew to Minnesota. And then when I showed up to the studio the next day after I checked in my hotel and all that, then I figured out what I was doing. So it, whatever I thought was happening doesn't matter because I was wrong. So I adjusted. And very quickly, you have to figure out, okay, what am I doing? Throw out my expectations and then just like get to work. And I yes. think that's hard for a lot of people because they get stuck in the way they think it should go the way they expect it to go. And when it doesn't line up with the reality, they get kind of deer in headlights. Right. And the adaptability is one of the parts I love about this job so much, but also it's scary. Because, you know, we, as the models, we generally know the least on set because the photographer knows what they're doing. The client's been working on this for six months. The production company knows what's going on. And then we're, they're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, like get into, get into scene. Like you don't know your lines? Like don't you know you have lines? Like this is your wife. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah. And you have to be able to just roll with that, which is – I think it's fun. I need that like mystery and that pressure to keep myself interested because otherwise I start to phone things in and then it's like – Well, and that's why I encourage all models to take commercial classes or acting classes. Yeah. I, I mean I get there are a lot of people who don't want to do acting, but – it's more than that. Like you said, you're acting on set even on a on a print shoot. Yeah. You you just met your wife. Yeah. And, and now you've got to pretend like you've been in love with her. Yeah. You're gonna give her a ring. So you better, you know, you gotta pretend like this is the greatest woman you've ever seen yeah. and you just met her ten minutes ago. You need to be in that I mean, the the way you do it, you think the thoughts of the moment and feel the feelings, but even for it's if, if it's for eighth an eighth of a second, you still have to act as if you're enjoying it. Otherwise you're just you're trying to manipulate your face in a way that you think is supposed to it's supposed to look like and that that just reads as a little de detached right and you're not gonna get it so you know i was on the shoot with bianca and we were taking our daughter to soccer practice and like as i'm walking to the car for i know they're gonna edit that shot to be half a second but i'm thinking like all right, like, let's get in the car. Everybody like pile in we got the ball like i'm just thinking those thoughts that get it gets me in like i'm not just I'm a pretty man walking to my car. You know, it's like then yes. you're then it doesn't read as a real scenario. And I'm not a great actor by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you have to at least give it your best effort, even for that half a second. Right. You know? It's not just a print. It's yeah. 
it really is, like you said, what's on your face, what's in your eyes. Like those are important to the clients. Yeah. You might, you know, the actor might not think it's that important or the print person might not think it's that important. But to the client, this is their this is their livelihood. That's yeah. why I always tell my models, you are working for them. This job is so important to them. It might not seem important to you, but they might have been working on this for six months. Right to get this shoot going and or it might be a brand new company and this is the first time they're ever doing a photo shoot and this is the most important thing for them it's, how, it's what's going to represent their it's brand gonna, exactly yeah. and it's like so it is important it is something every job is so important and that's interesting because you know a lot of people they model because they have aspirations to be on in tv and films and it's actually sometimes easier to book those like small tv roles you know, you submit a self-tape and they'll book you to be the bartender or the guy who saw the crime because it's just one episode. They're like, they're moving through it real quick. But like you said, like they may have spent six months on this ad campaign. This is someone's blood, sweat and tears and they care a lot. It's not just five seconds of like, yeah, I saw the guy. He was about this tall. Like it, that that's, that's a throwaway. But to yes. be the image that's when you go to a brand's homepage, there's a lot of weight to that, a lot of responsibility to that. There is, and that's why I think even clients like us so much because we realize the importance of that. It's just yeah. not a job. I've never looked at any client who's booked with us and thought, I don't care how I treat them or I don't care about their thing because I look at, I want them to be my lifelong client. Yeah, and how, like, I don't know, A, I don't know how you manage all the people you do with such a this like caretaking quality. It's really impressive. But how do you attract clients and like kind of like what's it like on your end and sort of the business development spectrum just just to, for my own edification? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a marketer. I love marketing. So that is really important to me. That was kind of what I love to do. Yeah. And so I love to sell. So, I mean. I think of you guys as a product that I'm selling. Mm -hmm. And so I promote you to clients and get them to want to book with us. So I never, I never leave an office, my office for the day without trying to market at least 25 brand new clients a day. So really? I'll look on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, everybody. And if you look on my pictures, I snapshot all the um, clients that I'm like, oh, I'm going to market this one. I'm going to yeah. find them. And so I just market. I believe in marketing. I don't rely on LA casting. Yeah. Stuff like that. I just go after all clients all over the US. It doesn't matter if they're in California to me. You so guys when, can fly somewhere. So you reach out to them. You're not waiting for them. them to be like, oh, who's our agency? What are we going to use? We're going to go with it. You reach out to them and say, this is what I can do for your brand. And what would that kind of pitch look like? Are you sending in a smattering of clients tailored to what you think they're looking for? Are you pitching entirely new clients to them? Both. Yeah. So I'll take a brand and I'll be like, oh, this is something that they would Mm -hmm. you know they would like so i'll send somebody or if it's a brand new person that we just took on yeah i'll send them out to all of my clients and the fact that i've been doing this for 29 years has i do have a very 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 large client base yeah I bet. and so that that doesn't mean that they book with me every time it but it does give me an in to at least send them more pictures yeah you know remind them that we're here yeah i don't ever wait for the phone to ring or just get on the computer and do LA casting. I don't believe in that. That's a, that's a good way to, 
I mean, because then you're sort of in control. You're in the driver's seat. You're not just at the behest of whatever comes down the pipeline. Nope. And I go after everybody. You could be a producer, a manufacturer. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Art director, photographers, all. I love LinkedIn. Yeah. Maybe I'm giving my secret away. Right. But I love LinkedIn, and yeah. I go. I I have probably twenty thousand contacts on there and it's only business for me really there's no friends allowed on there <laughs> strictly business strictly business i love it so so when you send out a pitch or you say you have an existing client and they say i'm looking for tan you know like mixed race woman paired with an all-american guy do they ask for like send me five examples or how do they do you kind of just direct them to the website and say pick who you like or how does that work? Um, no, I always I like to um, send them a personalized packet. So yeah. based on what their criteria is, I'll put it in and then I think a little bit outside the box. Mm -hmm. So I'll add people that they might not have fallen into that category, but might be might pique their interest. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of times it seems they go that way. Yeah. Like I'll add maybe one or two people to a casting because I think this is exactly what they're looking for without knowing they they're don't looking know. for this. Yeah. It's what is it Henry Ford said, if I gave the people what they wanted, I would have built a faster horse. Yeah, exactly. They wanted a car, they just didn't know it. <laughs> and that's why, you know, you get, I get a lot of auditions from my other agencies that I'm like, there's no way, it's asking for, it's like, oh, we want a, a fat guy. And I'm like, why are they sending me into this? Like, this is a waste <laughs> of my time. But someone, the agent, the director, the casting director thinks that someone who's making a decision might be swayed in your direction. So whenever you get a, a casting that doesn't seem right for you, there's a reason it might be. And I think people often will throw those away. You know, they get an email from you that's like, seems like a brand they would never book with. And like, are you available for this? You know, they might throw that throw that away. It's like, well, I'm never going to get that job. But there's a reason why you're being positioned for that, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I would never submit you for a bigger role, <laughs> for a bigger guy role. Yeah, bigger but, role. But yes, and I do have people fight back on with me sometimes. Not fight yeah. back, but you know, just Question, say, you know. Yeah. I, I'm not so sure about this. And yeah. I have to say, just trust me on this. Yeah. Because there could be a lot of reasons. Like it, the client might have said something to us and then that got me thinking, like, this person would be perfect yeah. for them. Yeah. Or that client might be somebody that is working on three or four projects, but they're only casting for this one. And this might be my time to get you in for the next project that I know they've got down the, the pike. Yeah. That I want you to be able to meet them. That's a huge so, part of it. Like the, the small job up front, because it leads to the bigger job later on. That I tell all people the time. that all the time. Yeah. And people uh, will be like, oh, I don't like that day rate, but... The next one you will, you know. Because you don't realize, and now you've been doing this for a while, you know you meet people, yeah. right? It's like yeah. you never realize who you're going to meet. Because yeah. that assistant photographer in two years might be a top photographer for a company. For a huge campaign, yeah. And you were kind to him, and you were nice to him, and you did well. And so even like for us with testing photographers and stuff, we're always willing to do that. I'm always willing to book low-end jobs yeah, because they usually turn into big jobs later on. And I mean, if I like working, I like being right. on set. And if it's a day where I don't have some big callback or some other shoot, I'll drive to Orange County and do the smaller job because like you said, I might, I don't know who I'm going to meet. I'm going to learn from the people on set. And it's just a chance to, I like working because right. we have to earn every job. So every job feels like a blessing. 
So it's like, yeah, I want all the work I can get. It's not like, oh, I have to go into the office on Monday again. It's like, oh, I get to go to this job and meet some new people and be creative. And let's be truthful. I mean, even the low end of our job yeah. is more it's, than most people yeah, make. It's more than most people's hourly salary. That's A hundred percent. Yeah. I, sometimes I have to put that in perspective. I'm like, the low end, if I'm embarrassed to ask somebody to do $500 for a day. Yeah. Because most of the time I don't like to have to do that, right? Yeah. Half day, okay, but a full day. And it's like, but that is more than most people make. And sometimes when it's younger people, more than they make in a week or two weeks. Yeah. I mean, if you're making 500 bucks every day, you're making 150 grand a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Right. And my, like my econ girl. Yeah. You know what I mean? She yeah. makes a very good living yeah and so when you have a big roster of clients and talent and you know you have lots of guys that look like me you have lots of girls who look like bianca or nicole and a client comes to you and says you know i want this look what helps a model get into that select group of people you submit you know like how do you kind of rise to the top of the pile so to speak is it seniority? Is it just the fact that they have the exact look? Or is it some combination of their reliability and their communication skills? You know, what are what are your top sort of metrics for? Well, there's two things, right? A lot of times we will submit people that are just in their category. Yeah. But I'll hold back people that are difficult mm -hmm. to get a hold of. Mm -hmm. I mean, we joke in our office, like everybody has a cell phone attached to their hip, but so why does it take somebody three hours to get back to us? Yeah. And so if it's difficult to get a hold of somebody, if I know they're not really gonna wanna do it, I won't. Um, I try to make sure that everybody looks like their picture. So if I haven't spoke to somebody in a while, yeah. I probably won't submit them. And then I'll have one of the assistants call and say, hey, can you send a digital in? Yeah. Um, most of the time, though, it's if I can't get a hold of somebody or they've already been telling me no all the time, mm -hmm. then I just won't submit them. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of checked out at right. the moment. Um, and when it comes to keeping your look current... How often do you recommend updating photos and portfolio materials, headshots, stuff like that? I think that people should constantly be shooting. Yeah. Because again, it hones your craft. It makes you better, right? Mm -hmm. The more you're in front of a camera, the more the better you get. Yeah. It, so to me, it just makes more people feel comfortable. Because a lot of people still, even if they model for a long time, they still are not that comfortable. Right. So I think that if um, that you can do it, like being in this business for a while, most models know photographers that want to test or they'll have friends. Yeah. I encourage people to do it. It's like, Absolutely. even if you get one shot out of it, who cares? Like you got one shot. But you may have also gotten a skill out of it that can be applied exactly. later on. Like, and that's what, I think people don't look beyond that, that there is skill to our job. Yeah. I mean, the last episode with Taylor Craven, she, she tests all the time and she has these relationships with photographers who normally charge, but you know, they do, uh, trade for pay with her and her portfolio is crazy but also you know maybe the photographer has an idea that he wants for his portfolio so you're trying something you wouldn't normally do and then you get to a page shoot and they're like we want you to do that same thing and you're like oh i know how to do this i've done it before whereas if you didn't hadn't done that test shoot and gotten out of your comfort zone when the money wasn't on the line you'd be like oh shit like how do like what do yeah. i need to do you know i did this commercial for red robin where i was eating a hamburger it was me and, and a, you're like I'm a vegan. No, <laughs> I was like, give me all the hamburgers. They're like, there's a spit bucket. And I was like, I don't need it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so it was me and a female talent, and we took turns like basically holding 
the burger up to the camera lens as if it was our mouth. And I did mine and I'm like, great. And we'll switch to the female talent. And her hands were shaking. And they were like, oh, shoot, like we need to get Michael in there. And I was, I was like, oh, I didn't realize your hands could shake. And then my hands started shaking oh. because like hand modeling right. stuff is like very precise in the frame rate. Any any like tremor, tremor or tremble is going to be picked up. And I had to like take a, take a second and be like, stop, 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 stop. Just go back to how you were before you knew your hands could shake. But like stuff like that, if you've never done hand modeling, if you've never done e-com, if you've never done fitness, there's all these little tricks you can learn in an environment that's less pressure than, oh, I'm on a Nike shoot and I don't know how to do the cool Lauren Collins stride. So uh, figuring out in the moment is gonna set you back as opposed to figuring it out beforehand and practicing for it. When I um, when I first became an agent many years ago, I um, Athleta called yeah. <laughs> and they were asking for a packet of girls and they said they have to be runners. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm still new at this too, right? And I'm thinking, well, who doesn't know how to run? Right. Okay, so that's my mindset, right? Because I'm thinking everybody knows how to run, yeah, right? Like, yeah. come on, that's just a natural thing for us. So I send people, and this is when we were all still doing casting. So they did a casting at a little elementary school, and they made people run. Mm -hmm. And most of the girls I sent had no idea how to run. Yeah. And I'm thinking, so they athletic kind of schooled me on no there is a total way to run like on camera yep. anybody knows they look at something even if it's a still shot and say that person's a runner or that person is not a runner mm -hmm. and so it's like it is so important to yeah. to learn and to know these things and it's even you know it's not just oh that person is a collegiate runner you know like men like lauren was a, a sprinter and there's a there's even a separation between how she ran in a competition versus how she runs for a photo or a commercial. And I had a photographer one time I was doing a tennis shoot and he was like, yeah, your serve looks great, but you're making really ugly faces. <laughs> and he, he's like, that's natural for a you know a tennis player to do. He's like, your body is the 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 talent, the act, the, the sport talent, but your face is the model. So you have to make certain expressions mid stride or mid activity that you would not normally like you know in the in the thick of an athletic event you're probably making a really intense face which may not be what they're looking for exactly you know certain clients want you to be happy and serene or focused no and, sweating yeah no no sweating <laughs> or like sweat more you have to somehow separate the activity from the keep your eyes open oh uh, trying to run upstairs without looking at the stairs is the hardest thing I've ever done on a shoot. And you got to make sure your legs are lifted yeah. upright. It's. I suggest anyone go out there and try to run up a flight of stairs without looking at their feet. <laughs> it's. And then you're also running at like a fifty thousand dollar camera. It's oh, right yeah. in front of you. So that's and you got to go pressure. do it again. Yeah. And then again. And then again. And then again, as your yeah. legs are burning. And not act tired. You're not. No, tired. No, no, no. You're not. No. And you got to kind of no have a cramps. little smile, yeah. smirk on your face. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, so I mean, running is a big one in terms of it's a, there's a way to do it. There's a skill to learn to be a running model. Yes. What other sort of little like there's like bartending or like knife work and food, like culinary arts. Like what what other little skills would you recommend your talent pick up just to have in their back pocket in case the right shoot pops up? I always think fitness for sure yeah and it's like again we go back to like most people can do some form of yoga something mm -hmm. but when you tell us that you can do yoga 
I expect that you can stand on your head yoga. Yeah. The so impressive yoga. The impressive yoga. You're the model of yoga. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like when you, so if you're going to tell me, I believe you. Like mm-hmm. if you said to me, I know how to do that. I know how to do yoga. And you're going to bring that to my attention. Then I'm going to put you for the hard stuff yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can't learn yoga in a day. So if you tell us you could do something, do mm-hmm. that. And you also have to think about what is photogenic yoga. If you yeah. go and you do a happy baby at the camera, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 too yeah. much. Whoa, guy. You know, right. you, you need to, you like, and again, just Google it. Go, go to Athleta's page. Go to Aloe's page. What are the poses the girls are in on the page? Those are probably the poses that a yoga client's going to want from you. Yes. And it, it may be the super intense like scorpion headstand pose, but it also might be something that's more graceful and shows like, if it's a leggings shoot, think about the product. You know, what's you don't want to be all tied up in a knot because they're trying to show off their leggings. Right. So it's having that sort of meta awareness of you may be an amazing yogi, but like you have to be an attractive yogi at the yes. same time. And not just your face attractive, but like the whole composition. Knowing of, how to hold your body. Yeah. I tell awareness. people that all the time. Exactly. They're not aware of their own body yeah. and how to do things. And so that is a big, mm-hmm. that's a big part of it too. Because even if you're doing a lifestyle shoot and you're at a resort, right? And laying on a chase lounge yeah. and talking to the next person, you got to somehow know how to t- hold your head so that it's not weird angles. Yep. And you know, chin's on all doubled exactly. up. Exactly. And- so it's like stuff like that, that I always want my models to really kind of do homework because it isn't just you show up and you're a pretty face and you take a couple shots and you go off. There's a lot of uh, intricacies into it. Yeah. And I do joke on set a lot. You know, a lot of things in the modeling world, you're not the product. They're not selling you. They're selling a product that you might be wearing or standing next to or driving. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times the folk, like you're literally out of focus because yes, you're there to enhance the scene, but it's not about you. And I'm like, oh, well, they could just grab any guy off the street and he could do like, he could do my job, but probably not because that awareness comes into play of like, yeah, I'm just walking up and opening a door for my quote unquote wife, but the way I'm cheated out towards camera, the way I'm not blocking her, I'm letting her get like the hero shot. I'm also letting the car show like, if I don't know that and the photographer has to keep being like, Michael, get out, like, get out of yeah. the way. Stop just <laughs> smiling directly down the barrel. It's not what we're here for. They can't just pull a guy off the street to right. do that. You know? Or the awkward smile. Yeah. You know, the guy off the street doesn't know how, like, it's it's a purposeful smile, right? Mm-hmm. It can't just be some, and when people tell you to smile on command, it's not easy. Yeah. Like I, I used to tell models, go in front of a mirror and practice your smile. Yeah. Because when the client tells you to smile, all of a sudden you're going to have this awkward smile if you're not comfortable with that. And I mean, one of my strong suits is smiley lifestyle stuff. I'm, I have a good like beaming smile when I need to and I can kind of keep it all day. But what I had to learn was the half closed mouth warm smile, which like is <laughs> so like, huh? specific. And then you start to overthink it and your lip starts quivering. But like, yeah, you should practice, you know, one of my... Uh, my fitness agents was like, yeah, you have a ton of great smiley stuff. You have a ton of great intense stuff, but we need the like serene, the like pleased with yourself, the the slight smirk. You have to have this whole spectrum of expressions at like the ready. 
if they're not there and the client wants it, you can't be like, hold on, let me go in the bathroom and see what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, let me practice this yeah. real quick. Can Jim Carrey talked about how he used to sit in front of the mirror and control every muscle of his face. And that's why he looks like he's made of rubber because he learned how to do that. I've been telling models that for so many years, they practice in front of a mirror. Yeah. Because also most people are self-conscious. And no matter how yeah. good looking you are, you're self-conscious. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, now you got all these people in front of you with cameras directing, and you can have five different people telling you to do five different things. Yeah. So it's like, if you are so comfortable and able to make faces in the mirror, Mm -hmm. then you'll be able to do that. It'll become second nature. Yeah, and that goes back to like your validation has to come from something other than your appearance. And if it can be, I know what to do on this set. Like I might not be the most beautiful person in the world. I am probably not, but I know what they want and I can I can work with them to get what they're looking for. Then it's not like, well, they don't like me because I'm not pretty enough. It's 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 like, no, let me figure it out. I can work with this. This is This is a learned skill. It's not just this binary you're beautiful or you're not. Right. You know, you're a failure or you're not. And because that's an impossible proposition. No one's perfect looking for every scenario. No. And and you want the client to book you again. Yeah. I mean, because keep in mind, these clients, photographers, producers, they are on to the next job. Immediately. And so it could be something totally different. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, that person was so, they took direction. So that's one thing I hear a lot. They took direction so well. Mm -hmm. I didn't even really have to tell them. They knew exactly what to do. And so that carries on. And they, and you know, this is the smallest business ever. Yeah. Everybody you will work with multiple times. And there's nothing better than when a photographer reaches out to you from who knows what shoot. And they're like, hey, man, I'm working with a new brand. Like, I'd really love to. That means they liked what you did. Yeah. Yes, you have the look that that brand needs, but they also liked working with you. And that's the most, the, the best validation I get is when I know that I did a good job. I got along well with them. I didn't leave a bad taste in their mouth. I wasn't like, well, like, that guy was difficult. But like, you know, that's that's what makes me feel the best about my career is that people want to work with me again. Right. And it's not because I, this is like the most, basic face in LA. Everyone looks like this. White guy with scruff and brown hair. Like I'm imminently replaceable. But do I do a good job? That's yep. what I care about. And so when you get feedback from clients, you know, what other like a joy to be around, great on set, took direction well, what other marks of a, like uh, appreciation do you look for or do you think are the best to hear back I think that what you just said before that is when a client wants to repeat book that person yeah or I'll hear I I cannot wait to work with this person again yeah it, it's I think that to me is the best the best compliment yeah for sure um, and I do get that a lot. Uh, that again goes with who we pick to be with us. I don't take just anybody to be with our agency. Yeah. We say no a lot. Yeah. And so, and we get a lot of repeat clients. I have the same client. I have same clients that I've worked with for years too that have been I mean, I've repeat. worked with Irvine company. I don't know how many oh, times. Yeah. I, I mean, they're just an amazing client yeah. and they love their people who they book mm -hmm. and they don't care that you now live at this apartment and this apartment and this apartment they'll yeah. repeat book you for all the apartments yeah they're wonderful that's true yeah and <laughs> you move around a lot but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so like on the flip side what are the you know the biggest sort of like eh, you know this this person could work on this or like it went well but you know in terms of feedback that you get from clients that are like not maybe happy with the talent yeah, like what or are the the 
the top couple just like negative pieces of feedback you get? Is it like lateness? Is it uh, unfriendliness? I think one of the biggest ones is that they're not coming in prepared. Like even if the per- if the client says, come clean hair, clean face, yeah. that doesn't mean not showered. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and it, to us, it sounds so simple. Like to me, it's like an obvious. It's a day of work. Yeah. But I, you know, unfortunately it's not an obvious and I shouldn't, yeah. or like girls will come in with black nail polish. Well, mm-hmm. how often do you really see lifestyle shoots where the girl has black nail polish right. unless the client asks? Right. So it's like being prepared a little, or they don't bring the clothes the client asked. Yeah. And, and that is a big one for clients. And it's like, I always tell models, if you don't have something, tell me so I can tell them yeah. either they'll ask you to go pick it up or they'll pick or it up they'll for get you. It, right. It's like, don't just say I didn't have anything, but I'm still going to show up. Yeah. And lateness is a big thing. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. I give myself like half rather, an hour cushion yeah, for everything. Sit out there and have a cup of coffee and yeah. be relaxed before you have to run in. Yeah. And it's like, they don't realize people's time. I mean, you know, when you're on set, there might be five people that work up to 50 people that are on set. Yeah. And those people are being paid. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's a lot of money having to wait for a talent to show up. And their job is just as important as yours, and they're on time. hundred times. Just because you're talent doesn't mean much. I always hear, well, I came from L.A., like, especially if we have jobs here in Orange County. It's like, well, I came from L.A. Well, four of the people, four yeah. of the five people are all from L.A., and they're there. Yeah. So you can't use that excuse that you got stuck in traffic when your call time's the same as them, and they're there. No, yeah, you got to get on ways the night before, predict it out, add 30 minutes. And then, you know, early shoots in... Orange County or San Diego, if I'm waking up at five, I might as well wake up at four thirty. It's like my brain doesn't know. It's early. It it's early. Yeah, it's not just fun. Get up I get and, it. Like and there's times where I'm like, I don't want to shower. It's like, yeah, I'm not gonna show up not showered. <laughs> because it is a weird world and the schedules are strange. It doesn't feel like a normal job where it's like I wake up, I shave, I go to work. But there is an element of this is work. It is a business. Yeah. Like I do tell people, yes, it is probably the funnest business you'll ever be in. Yeah. But it is business and this Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of money this isn't just a joke for people this is a lot of money ton of money and so it's like they expect a professionalism yeah it's like yeah and on set they'll the model will be like oh they loved me and then i get an earful later it's like of course they're going to be nice to you on set because they need you to do your job right but i don't want to hear that you are difficult and that also just shows that someone has no awareness if they're like i everyone loved me i was great but they didn't i mean that that's like sociopath but you'll territory. Be, you'll be so surprised <laughs> yeah michael i'm yeah it's, really? it's, it's interesting you'll be surprised well that just goes back to the idea of thinking that you're the special one i'm the model i'm the star i have the trailer i get to eat first at craft service like no you get to eat first because you need to be on set and like we just want to <laughs> yeah. get you out of the way they want to make sure you don't yeah. have food on your yeah, face because you got to change back they don't into care your wardrobe if the, guy, the guy behind the camera has yeah. a food on his face they're yeah. going to care if you do and that photographer and all those other like those union grips and like they're probably making more than your day rate so like yes. chill out on not thinking you're special and like you said, it can be the funnest job in the world. We get to do some of the most amazing things and get paid for it. I, I feel like it's unfair half the time. But it also comes with the negatives, which is the no's and the like, you know. The being prepared. The, the yeah. working out all the time. Yeah. And saying no to the hamburger and yeah. french fries sometimes before a shoot. Or not going drinking with your friends before a shoot. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, your friends are having a big bachelor party, but you have a shoot the next day. And it's like maybe I really shouldn't go do that bachelor party. Oh, I mean, party. like, I, yeah, I don't mess around with the nights before shoots. And But also, 
people are always like, well, what do you do to get in shape for a shoot? It's like, well, shoots pop up the day yeah, of. I better always like, be I have in to shape. be in shape all the time because if I go to an audition, they might have me take my shirt off. They, I have to, there's no off season. I don't have a, you know, I'm not like a bodybuilder who can bulk and cut or a baseball player who has an off season for training. You just have to, and then you have to be in a position physically that you're comfortable with all year round. And comfortable with the way you look, but also just like you can maintain right. or else you're going to go insane. And that's when you get into some of the, you know, the less healthy aspects of how this industry can be. Well, and plus, if you are on there, like for me on the other side of it, if I'm promoting you and you're telling me that you're a 32 waist, yeah. I need, I don't need you to be a 31 waist or a 30 or a 34. I really need you to be 32 because if the client just went out and bought you all these clothes, right. I need you to be that size. Right. So it is important to kind of maintain and let us know if something drastically changes. And I mean, that's a good question. Like because the measurements can shift and like it seems even in fashion, like they're changing the sizing for men that like they're the mediums are becoming a little bigger, you know, like athletic jeans are more fashionable. I think Levi stopped working because my thighs were too big. But if I my thighs got smaller, then I wouldn't get the fitness job. So it's kind of this moving target. How do you help your talent sort of figure out the best physical shape to be in? Is it just what makes you happy and what you feel comfortable in your own skin? Or is it, you know, if you're this age and this category, you can kind of move towards this look or size? I think, Does that make sense? yes, 100%. Again, if you asked me this question five, 10 years ago, yeah. girls had to be a certain size and boys had to be a certain size. Yeah. Today, we are a lot more blessed in embracing all sizes. So I would tell people, whatever, I don't care what size you are. I just need you to stay that size. So okay. if you're at a comfortable weight and you're at a comfortable size, then I'm I'm okay with it, mm -hmm. but I don't need you going up and down. Yeah. Cuz it's too difficult to promote you up and down, right? Mm -hmm. And and I get that more with girls than I do men. But you know, I would never put somebody in a position. I would never send somebody to a fitness job that was not fit. Or right. so, so I always need to know that kind of stuff. But I, I'm okay with whatever comfortable weight someone's at or size that they're at. Yeah. I just need them to pretty much stay consistent there. Because again, it, the industry today, there's every. It's all sizes. It's all sizes. All shapes and sizes. So. Angle towards the jobs you want to get. If you want fitness jobs, probably get abs. You know, if right. you want, yeah. if you want the curvy whatever, and you like that, go for that because there's that. tons of that work out there. Right. It yeah. like it never. It doesn't bother me at all. No. It just I just need the consistency of yeah. that because it's too hard to promote somebody. It's too hard to do pictures. It's too hard to constantly change if you're you're up and down yeah. all the time. Every two months, it's you're and a it different it makes your size. job infinitely harder because you're like, where so are you at harder. right now? Yeah. <laughs> Is your hair, did you shave your head? Do you yeah. have man bun? You know? Exactly. And that, that's great advice. Just keep it consistent. And, and if you want to make a change, yeah. just let us know. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to be, or what do you think? And get new photos once you do. Yes. Yeah. Oh, at least the headshot. Yeah. Like to me, I always tell people, if you're going to change your hair, then make sure that you have a um, headshot photographer already confirmed that you're going to shoot yeah that's all fantastic advice and i know you have to run thank you so much for giving me some of your time yes. it's wonderful to sit down with you if you had one piece of advice say someone walked in and was like i want to be a model you know what would you what would you be like hey this is what you need to know i always tell people that this is a lot of work mm. 
Because I think that everybody in the beginning has a misconception. What's the word? You know, they don't understand how much work this is involved. Totally. And it is a lot of work. I certainly was a victim of that misconception. I thought I got an agent. I'm 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 good. No, <laughs> no, it's just a lot of work, and it's hard. Again, I go back to that whole self esteem. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've I don't take on children for this reason because I think it's really tough for kids, especially young girls. But before at another place that I did take on kids, I would look at the mom and see how they responded to the daughter, and then I, and if it wasn't good, yeah. I wouldn't take them because it just. Like we talked about, this is hard. Yeah. It's a lot of a lot of rejection. And if you cannot handle rejection, even I get rejected all the time. Yeah. Do you know how many clients I submit to and I don't book anything? Because you're I mean, the, the models are auditioning the you. agencies are auditioning. <laughs> yeah. It's it goes up the stream until it the does. very top. And I mean, as motherly and wonderful and like caretaking as you are, you can't pad the world from all those experiences. And especially with kids, like they don't need to go through that because they're going to go through it. Not every kid's going to book every single job ever that they ever auditioned nope. for. And that's. And how do you tell? You could be. How do you tell the 13 year old daughter yeah. that they didn't pick you? They picked the girl next to you, but. And why? Yeah. Because all she's going to hear or think is, I'm not good enough. And yeah. that's never, in all honesty, ever the case. Yeah. In the 29 years I've been doing this, I've never thought somebody didn't book something because they weren't good enough. No, they just were not the right look for that time. Yeah. And I mean, I'm very lucky. I got into modeling late. I was 25. And, it, you know, men's brains don't stop developing until they're 25. <laughs> but I think it would have really mess with me in a different way if I was 16, 17, 18. A, I didn't have any business having money then. <laughs> or But just like dealing with the insecurity and the rejection, it's it's just too much to handle. So I think it's important. You know, if kids like it and they can handle it well and they're the rare bird who can just like deal right, with it. Right, because they're kids who are act- yeah. like natural born actors. Yep. I mean, they're awesome and yeah. they're great and they can handle it. But the majority... Right, Just kids. like people, though. I mean, majority of my women, it's it's kind of hard sometimes. Well, it's not safe. It's not comfortable always because I don't know where my next check's coming from. I don't know where my next job is. I've had months where I'm like, hmm, I guess I'm done modeling. <laughs> but then, you know, you learn to ride the waves and you learn how to save your money and, you know, be a responsible adult. Yep. Yes. I think that. Do you know how many times I think I suck? Yeah. I'm the worst agent ever. I <laughs> no. can't even book a job. I no. can't book this. But I do, right? I think that too. I, I go through those same things. Yeah. How come I'm not booking this? Look at their booking. My yeah. people are what just as wrong? good. Yeah. yeah. Why would they take that? But you just weren't the right agent at the right I time. I wasn't the right agent at the right time. Well, that's. thank you so much for talking to me. This has been yes, lovely. Yes. Thank um, you. And we'll see what comes down the pipeline. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. Bye, kids. Bye. 